and welcome to Challenging Women History Workshop for Lewisham's International Women's Day 2021. The theme this year in Lewisham is Choose to Challenge, a call to action. 2021 is the 110th anniversary of International Women's Day. So let's begin by looking at how this 110-year tradition actually came about. The idea came from a proposal made by a German socialist feminist called Clara Zetke. She was speaking at the International Socialist Women's Congress in 1910. Clara's proposal was passed at the Congress, and the following year, a million women marched and rallied across the United States and Europe. Imagine how thrilled she was at such an achievement in just one year. This joy didn't last long. Only days later, 123 young women and 25 men perished in a factory fire not far from where the women had rallied in New York to mark the first International Women's Day. It was the 25th of March 1911 when these sweatshop workers died from burns, asphyxiation and from jumping 10 storeys down to the pavement below the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory in Manhattan. These women workers were aged between 14 and 23 years old. They were mainly Jewish and Italian immigrants. Many were trade union members. They joined the union because they knew that united together, they could fight for better wages and improve workplace conditions. A pointless death came about because their profit-driven bosses had locked the doors to stop them taking unauthorised breaks, and they'd blocked the stairwells to stop them stealing scraps of fabric. Profit for the few outweighed by far the lives of those workers. These women are now part of the fabric of International Women's Day. Unfortunately, so are the thousands who have died since due to dangerous work conditions. A hundred years later, after the New York factory fire, 27 garment workers in a sweatshop of Bangladesh, making throwaway fashion for the West, die in a similar fire. Jumping 10 storeys to the pavement, hundreds were injured. And you don't have to travel to Bangladesh to find sweatshops. Leicester, less than 100 miles from London, has been in the news recently because the garment factories there, producing clothes for the likes of Boo have been flouting the COVID rules and putting workers' lives at risk. The overwhelming majority of the workers in these sweatshops are women, working for as little as two and three pounds an hour in awful conditions. It's calculated that there are 250 million children working in sweatshops aged between five 14 years old around the world today. Sweatshops defined by poor working conditions, dangerous working conditions, very low pay, long working hours, and traditionally they employ immigrant workers. Some sweatshops today are implicated in human trafficking, debt bondage, and modern day slavery. Okay, so next we're off on a whistle-stop tour with Mary MacArthur. She was a trade unionist, a socialist feminist, and an organiser of working class women. We're going to meet some of the women she mobilised and organised with and their fight back against sweatshop labour. Mary MacArthur was a women's trade union organiser. She was the founder of the National Federation of Women Workers in 1906. She was also one of the co-founders of the Anti-Sweating League. She led campaigns against sweatshop labour and for changes in the law. She mobilised the lowest paid, most downtrodden women workers, giving them confidence and the tools to fight back and win. Over two decades, she organised tens of thousands of women, helping them to earn better pay and conditions in the workplace. Mary was also a suffragist. She was fighting for votes for all women, unlike Emmeline and Christabel Pankhurst, who limited their struggle for votes for middle-class women. 
I'm now going to introduce you to 650 women. These women lived in Cradley Heath in Staffordshire. They were sweatshop workers working in appallingly dangerous conditions with very few rights, little respect and getting very low pay. These were the very women that Mary loved to work with. These women were chain makers. They worked with small backyard forges, alone or in small groups, hammering chains from hot iron rods, often with small children at their feet. The work was hard, dirty and dangerous. And above all else, it was for rotten pay. There's one story of a grown-up son of a chainmaker recalling how his mother worked from 6am to 6pm most days. There's one occasion where she crossed the yard of the house with the help of a local midwife. She gave birth. She returned to the forge a few hours later and continued to work till 10pm. These were the conditions of the chain-making women. They weren't working for pin money. Every penny that they earned counted to the survival of the family. Some of these women were members of the National Federation of Women Workers, the union that Mary had founded some years back. And Mary, along with her colleague Julia Varley, an interesting suffragette, went to Cradley Heath to help these women win better wages. Mary and Julia set about recruiting more and more women to the union. Now, this is not as easy as it might sound. Um, these women were paid such low wages they couldn't afford the weekly subscription to the union. Nonetheless, Mary and Julia persevered and recruited hundreds of them. And by the end of January 1910, they were able to take their demand from minimum wage for chain-making women to the Chain Trade Board. But by July, none of the bosses had actually implemented the agreement. Nobody had paid out on the promise of a minimum wage to these women. The women were left with no choice but to withdraw their labour, to down tools, to stop work until the bosses gave in. They went on strike. Now going on strike is no easy thing to do. Union members get strike pay from the union, but it's usually less than what they earn. And remember, every penny that these women earned counted towards the family's survival. So it was an act of bravery to fight for justice for them, to go out on strike. But yeah. They were armed with Mary MacArthur, and this is one thing that the bosses did not reckon for. You could say Mary is one of the first spin doctors of news. She got the strike onto Pathé News, which is the equivalent of getting onto all social media today. Pathé News was a newsreel show before the main feature in cinemas. This Pathé Newsreel was shown all over the world. It got publicity for the strikers, you know, from America, Canada, all over. And there is so much money that the, the strikers were able to get full strike pay for as long as the strikers to go on. And they could have gone on a lot longer than they did if they had to. And there was so much money left over at the end that they were able to build a beautiful red brick arts and craft building that was an education centre for workers in Cradley Heath. The building still stands today. One important thing Mary did was to train and encourage small groups of striking women to go along to other groups' meetings to talk to them about their strike and to get their support. This is basic trade union stuff. She helped them find their voice and to have the say about their struggle. They spoke at trade union meetings, votes for uh, women meetings, Labour Party meetings, that kind of thing. These women had little formal education, some were barely literate. The youngest striker was 14 years old and the oldest striker was 79 years old. Patience Round had been chain-making since she was 10. She 
She'd worked in a small forge, hammering away for all of those years. Patience, the 79-year-old striker, sums up perfectly how women grow in confidence out of struggle. She said, These are wonderful times. I never thought that I should live to assert the rights of us women. It's been the week of my life, three meetings and such beautiful talking. The strike ended after 10 long weeks. Now remember, these women had only joined the union a few months earlier. They were fast-track union members and strikers, learning the new skills of collective action and solidarity and the power that that can give people. The women were able to stay out strike indefinitely because of Mona Carter and how she'd organised them and the money that they'd raised. The chain-making women of Cradley Eve won the first minimum wage in Britain. They more than doubled their wages from five shillings a week to 11 shillings a week. Imagine replicating that kind of struggle for sweatshop workers all around the world today. Mary organised thousands of women over two decades. In the summer of 1911 alone, she had more than 2,000 women involved in 20 concurrent strikes in Bermondsey and other bits of London. This period is known as the Great Unrest, and it's well worth researching if you're into challenging what's wrong with the world and how to put it right. Mary's legacy can be best summed up by saying she chose to challenge. She decided to have a go to challenge injustice. To fight to right the wrong. That was the National Federation of Women Workers' Maxim. It's on their banners and badges. So, let's make 2021 the year we choose to challenge. Sweatshop labour and throwaway fashion are a good place to start. But stop, take a look around you. There are plenty of challenges to choose from. The lesson from Mary MacArthur is this. Do it collectively. Do it together, united. And show solidarity to those who need our support elsewhere. Right the wrong. Choose to challenge. 2021 International Women's Day is the day you decided to choose the challenge.